Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Healthcare technology to help some of those who are losing their vision. Welcome back to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from Ocutrix Technologies, it's spelled O-C-U-T-R-X, is CEO Mike Freeman. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great to be here. Well, let's start out with a, a little background about the company. Yes, the company was started. Actually, to, to talk about the background of the company, we have to talk about my father, he was a brigadier general and uh, owned three or four businesses during his uh, life. And uh, when he was in his 60s, he developed macular degeneration and then couldn't read his emails, couldn't run businesses. He'd been used to flying uh, fighter planes that uh, he was a general in the Air Force, two times the speed of sound. And now he couldn't recognize his grandkids' faces. He couldn't work the computer. He couldn't do calculations. And so one of the companies he had run in the 80s and 90s was a computer company. And during the time of running that computer company, uh, my father, my brother, Mitch Freeman, and I invented a mobile video. And so streaming mobile video. We sold it to the television stations and uh, won two Emmy Awards. One of the Emmy Awards right here, we won for streaming mobile video. That's what you still use today if you use FaceTime or send some video over your cell phone that's either 3G, 4G, or 5G. And so with that background, when my father developed macular degeneration, he said, guys, I know we can't heal this, but there's got to be a workaround. And so we started trying to figure out how we could, we could work around it. And the breakthrough came in Christmas of 2000. And uh, 13, when we bought him a curved TV, that was all the rage. Sony and everybody had the curved TVs, which kind of simulated 3D, but wasn't really 3D. We walked him into a 3D television, and he said, wow, I can see so much better. It was a football game. I, can't still, I still can't see the 50-yard line, but I can see on the periphery so much better. And that got us thinking, oh, what these people need is a system that will show them what the real world sees, but we'll move everything out so that it's out of the area of their defect uh, so they can see. So we did a preliminary version of it in uh, 2014, uh, at the end of the year. Uh, my father put it on board. At that time, it was kind of a VR system where, where the real world flocked out, immediately got up and started to walk around. We're like, okay, we got to go AR because VR isn't going to work because people want to walk around. And so, let him read his emails again, see his wife's face, see his grandkids' faces. And uh, he said, uh, we've got to commercialize this. This is just life-changing. It brings back all the things that I need to have quality of life. And so fast forward, since then, we've developed several different models for our final go-to-market model. And we, had, uh, we did clinical trials in uh, 2019, just before COVID. And we had uh, uh, 10 patients. Uh, 
All of them had binocular macular degeneration, so they had scotomas in each eye, and they all, to qualify, had to have given up reading for at least a year ago. They all could sit down, put the headset on, go through a visual field test where they look into the augmented reality glasses, and then they see shooting stars and flashes of light. They have a handheld Bluetooth clicker. When they could see it, they'd click. When they didn't see it, that's when our algorithm started mapping out points. And then we have about 500,000 polynomials so we can connect those points with basically any shape. And then when we, after they go through that per eye, then we turn on the cameras to get the real world image. And when the real world image is, is projected on the augmented reality screen, we move everything out. For reading, we move it rectilinearly, so just right to left. And what that does is it puts the word, so if they were <clears throat> looking at a word like a tough, they would probably not see the first part and not even see most of the word. Or now when they look at it after we buffer, we're doing 60 frames a second. And so within about 13 milliseconds in every one of those 60 frames a second, we use the buffer of that scotoma. We call it a scotoma marker in the software. Scotoma is the defect in their eyes, scotoma markers in our software. We move it out and all of a sudden they're able to read. So every one of them read and uh, start reading 14 point to 10 point, you know, uh, some one person read down to eight point. None of them could read an entire line on the log bar chart. And one person read five lines down, the average was three lines down. So quite successful as far as the testing was concerned. So here we are, we've went through more than a year of the pandemic. I don't know how that's affected what you've been trying to do. I'm sure it's affected, it's affected everybody in one, yeah. in one way or another. So tell us where you are now in the process of bringing this to market. So with the pandemic, we are very much silicon chip uh, dependent. Our micro displays that, that are little tiny TVs, it goes through a series of lens to then be reflected on the uh, main lens. Those are silicon backed, so we're like nine months delayed on getting an adequate supply of those. We work, we use, we're partnered with Qualcomm, so we use the Qualcomm chipsets. Uh, those were delayed. And so now we are just now getting where we will be putting together a complete headset uh, in June or July of this year. We do have our optical engine uh, completely running, and the optical engine, we did a near eye catadoptric. Uh, system, which is a pupil forming mechanism, which means when you look inside the lens, it's just like watching a movie. You see it instead of like hollow lens as lasers that they shine in your eye and get all this grid pattern and that kind of thing. Ours is totally like a reflection, like like the uh, uh, a movie was being projected reverse and then shining into a mirror and into your eye. So it's a very clear, uh, very clear, very high resolution uh, image which is what people with low vision need. So step us through what the user experience would be like. These would be worn, I don't know what the battery life is like, pretty much, it sounds like it could be worn and almost would need to be worn almost all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've made it where the battery life is about four hours. Uh, they'll have the uh, option of the battery on the side of the head, which makes heads it just a little bit heavier or in their pocket. And so, and then the, if it's in their pocket, it also gives them a big D-pad where they have on-off buttons, but then they also can speak to the headset 
and it uh, takes verbal cues. So because we are based on a Android technology, anything that a cell phone can do, our headset will do. So our headset is Wi-Fi connected. Our headset is cellular connected. You can you can query like you query Siri uh, on your cell phone. Uh, ours has a different name, it's Simone. Take on Sim One, but uh, you can query Simone, and Simone can call your grandkids for you, call your neighbor, can uh, look at things on the internet and give you audio feedback. And then the the uh, speakers are either speakers in the headset or we have a way to tie into uh, uh, magnetically to tie into uh, hearing aids or you can use a Bluetooth uh, type uh, hearing device. So obviously much more than simply assisting those with macular degeneration to see. Yes, yes, so also low vision. So this would be where you could use it in your home. Uh, and then once 5G gets enabled, we're partners with AT&T and we're trying to bring the 5G applications for the headset to the market. So when a metropolitan area gets 5G, then there'll be enough computing power that we'll be able to have people walk around outside with the headset and it will use the GPS and also the SLAM technology. And SLAM is simultaneous localization and mapping which is exactly what drives the Google autonomous cars, where the sensors go out and map in 3D uh, the entire, uh, the entire uh, space in front of you, about 210 degrees and about 25 to 30 feet out, and it maps everything in a grid. And then we use the 7 million identified objects that also drive the Google autonomous car to identify that this is a chair, this is a table, this is a window, this is a door. And so then outside people with other low vision problems like glaucoma or retinitis pigmentosa or just other blindness issues uh, would be able to wear the headset, be able to get guided to a grocery store or a destination on a sidewalk or to a car. And then the headset would say things to you like caution, curb, three feet ahead, caution, stoplight. You know, crosswalk is three feet to the right. So those are the things that are coming on the next version, which would be the outside version, which we have to have the computing power of the 5G to be able to uh, make that work. Give us an idea of what these look like, if you can. Yeah, so for those who are watching right the video, this is not, not colorized, but you'd put it on just like a baseball cap. And then this is what you would wear. You can lift it up if you want to see, if you want to get it out of the way, but otherwise this is what you'd wear just like this. And so this whole field of vision, it's 60 degrees field of view uh, in each eye, which gives you 120 degrees field of view, but you still have plenty of peripheral vision so you won't fall over a step or miss stuff in the real world. So much technology that you're building into this. Tell us about... Uh where pricing is going to be uh, now and where you hope it will be in the future. Yeah, so to start out with, the headsets are gonna cost about $6,000. Uh, we, uh, as I said, we have a partnership with Qualcomm uh, for the chipsets and uh, we expect that'll come down within about two or three years. Uh, one of the things that happened to us during COVID uh, is that uh, we had a China supply for our circuit boards and uh, the China, Chinese government uh, told our supplier in China that you will not comply with FDA regulations and 
and we won't allow inspections here in China. So we had to repatriate all of our supply chain for the circuit boards and, and of course the chips are from Qualcomm uh, to the U.S. to a facility in uh, Colorado Springs. And uh, so that's going very well, but uh, that caused some additional delay last year in having to shut down our circuit board uh, design and bring it back here. But now that it's here, we'll be fully FDA compliant, and so it'll be great. And I guess there's a question that, that many people and their families would have about uh, insurance coverage for something like this and, and other issues, and I guess that can take a while to work out. Yeah, so we either will give them a heads up on a subscription basis where they pay for it on a monthly basis or a financing basis, and uh, we expect there are CPT codes that are being used right now. We believe we'll have CPT codes to get them reimbursed about $2,000 of the cost of this because every time you take a visual field test in the headset, it uploads it to the HIPAA secured cloud. And remember, these are people that the shots no longer work for. It's advanced macular degeneration. They have the wet kind, the doctors give them shots until it just doesn't do any more good. And typically the retinal surgeons set them appointments for like a year from now or six months from now. And in the meantime, they could have another retinal bleed. And if they didn't come in and get it taken care of right away, then that would be just add more added damage. And most times because of the people already have uh, damaged eyes, they don't notice when it's getting bigger. So by making them take a visual field test, every other day or every day, and then it gets loaded up into the HIPAA secured cloud, our uh, analytics look at it and say, has the shape changed any? Has the size changed any? If it has, then bam, we send an alert to their physician and the physician tells us, let me know if it changes 5% or 10% or 20%. Uh, and so if it hits that threshold, then they get an alert. They can then call their patient, get them in, if it is a bleed, they can mediate that damage on the bleed, or otherwise, if they just came in six months, damage is already permanent, and they can't do anything about it. So for that home monitoring part, we believe there'll be the CPT codes for about $2,000 reimbursement. And where else do you want to take this technology? What other markets? So we had about, we went to in 2019, when things were still opened up, we uh, presented our findings in about uh, 13 countries and about 26 retinal conferences. And the surgeons all tried the headset on and they said, wow, this is great, but we're sitting over, we're cramped over a microscope to do the surgeries. It'd be so much more comfortable if we could have the headset to do surgery. So now we've branched out. We have a version that's called the OR lens that is for surgeons and not only for uh, ophthalmology and retinal surgery, but also for spine and neurosurgery and for uh, dermatology, that kind of thing. You know, if, if the doctors, like uh, like back surgeons, a lot of time uh, and orthopedic surgeons have to wear loops, which are just tiny, you know, microscopes that are kind of on, on the glasses, but you have to stick your chin to your chest. And so you're doing surgery and we've had surgeons tell us, wow, it used to start hurting you know, after four surgeries and now starting to hurt after one or two. And so with our headset, our headset has cameras that fold down like this for the surgeons. And so the surgeon can stand there comfortably while the cameras are the ones that are actually doing the straining and looking down at like a surgery site, like a spine or orthopedic surgery site. 
So uh, we had about probably 700 or so surgeons try on our headset and say, this is great, we want it too. So that's the next step. And then we branched out into a whole uh, surgery suite uh, that's called the ORBOT, the ORBOT Surgery Visualization Theater that has, you can either use the headset or you can look at a television screen that's an audio stereoscopic screen where you see 3D without having to wear 3D glasses, or we have what we call the mini viewport, which is our same optical engine, but just reverse for a VR that comes to the surgeon and then in cobotics moves with them to make their make surgery ergonomics better. So our whole thing there is to say, we're trying to make surgeries painless for surgeons. Do you plan to join the competition in the consumer market as well for AR and, and VR glasses? At some point in time, and as the as the price comes down, but right now, the full features um, we're just we're probably a little bit too expensive to to give all the features and to give the quality that we have. We might be a little bit expensive for gamers that typically focus on maybe two thousand dollars or something like that. But you have much much better resolution and the quality of picture than any of the other ones out there. So we might start getting some consumer interest as well. So for more information, where can people go? For more information, you can go to ocutrextech.com. That's O-C-U-T-R-X-T-E-C-H.com. Mike Freeman, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Glad to be with you. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.